I had two thoughts to share today about the idea of being an inspired Catholic. Inspired. Wanting to be inspired in your faith. The first has to do with discovering or rediscovering the many gifts of our Catholic faith. And thinking about the beauty of our Catholic faith, I look back to when I was 16, 16 years old. It was 1979, and the Pope came to Washington, D.C. And I went on a bus sponsored by my parish to go to D.C. from where I lived for this big mass on the National Mall between the U.S. Capitol and the Washington Monument. And there were, I heard later there was a million people there. This is before all the security concerns. So they had just had an out, outdoor mall, I mean, outdoor mall mass. It had such an impact on me to see so many people, so many people excited by their faith. It really reinvigorated me. I mean, when I was 16, in my life, faith was hardly ever talked about. I went to public school and uh, I rarely talked about faith with the, any of my friends. My family did not go to church at that point. I did have, my best friend was an altar server and he got me to join a music group at church. So I did do that and I enjoyed that pretty much. But day in, day out, religion was just never really mentioned in my daily life. And I think that's maybe why it had such an effect on me to see all these people, hundreds, hundreds of priests out in the mall handing out communion, lots of young people, all, all there for this open air mass filling the middle of DC. And I bring up, bring up that story because sometimes we can forget about or not know about the great gift of our Catholic faith. We've been around for 2000 years hearing today in Matthew 16, how Jesus says that upon the faith of St. Peter will be the rock upon which Jesus will build his church and that the gates of the netherworld or hell will never prevail against it until it comes back, which means we're still here. And 2,000 years later, 266 popes later, since Peter was the first pope, nearly 1.4 billion members now. We're pushing 1.4 billion members. For all of our troubles, we're still proposing to the world the same teachings as they did in those ancient days, that all people have value because we are so loved by God and made by God. And God loves us so much, he even became one of us and died for us. And because of that, we have a consistent and valuable moral take on life to give to the world. Everything from that we're opposed to racism, to that we value human life at all its stages, including the unborn, to that we think, we, we, we think that we are called to help our brothers and sisters who are poor or in need, to help them have dignity, all these things. And so our long history in the church has been marred by problems, but also blessed by holy sanctity and so many saints and so many good men and women whose lives have been transformed and made meaningful by simply knowing and re being reminded over and over in our church that they are made by God and they are loved by God and sharing that message with other people. And I hope we can all 
try to appreciate how much we have in our tradition along with our saints and our history, but the wealth of prayer styles and spiritualities and liturgy and music. I remember when I was in, an architect in DC, I attended a Catholic church in Arlington before I was a priest. One mass had gospel music, African-American gospel music. Another mass had music in Spanish. Another mass had traditional music with an organ. Another mass I called the Be Not Afraid Mass. It's like the folk music mass with piano and guitar. Uh, now they have a, another like young adult mass and they have a Portuguese mass they've added since, all, since I left 30 years ago. In terms of faith, we have so many different prayer styles, novenas and the liturgy, the hours and the rosary and divine mercy and different devotions and different ways to read the Bible. There are schools of spirituality into which we can immerse ourselves like Franciscan or Benedictine or Dominican. And so in spirituality and the depth of the wealth of music and faith and so many inspiring saints, there is just so much the history of our Catholic faith has to offer. It's almost like a smorgasbord, a Scandinavian meal that has many, many, many different dishes all served at once, contrived from many different ones. And so that is the first thought I'd like to share today about the idea of being inspired as a Catholic. And that is that we want to learn more about it and that there is so much to learn beyond the mundane sermons of your local Catholic pastor. We've got all these studies this fall, in fact. We've got a Divine Mercy Devotion study. There's a women's study about the Holy Spirit in our faith. There's a study on the Gospel of Matthew. We have men's groups who talk about the readings of the weekend to come. We have a young adult Zoom group that does their own studies. Our youth ministry offers chances for young people to grow in their faith. We have religious ed classes where young people of all ages can come together. And this fall, you can either do it all virtual or you can do it in person. We offer both. But it's not like a young person just grows up without any kind of context, but they have a group of people they get to know each year in a class to ask questions with, to grow in their faith with, and teachers. We have a lay Franciscan group that focus on, focuses on a Franciscan approach to spirituality and lifestyle. We have a rosary group. We have a 24-7 adoration chapel where people practice contemplative prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament. We have a charismatic, excuse me, prayer group. We have many groups that do service to others, and they find their faith in Christ through a commitment to helping others. And the Catholic Church is the largest charitable organization in the world and also in the state of Maryland. So if we have many different ways to grow in our faith here and in the church and around the world. So if your Catholic faith is not impacting your life as, it, as much as it might right now, or if you just want to get re-inspired, just know there are a lot of ways to do that. And I would just say, if you want to be an inspired Catholic, let's start learning more about the many traditions and the wealth of spiritualities in our church. And maybe think about getting involved in one of these studies this fall. So point number one, to learn more about our tradition, our faith. Point number two, and I just have two points, 
is that to be an inspired Catholic, let's remember that it's all in the end about love. Catholicism started with Christ loving us. God loving us even enough to become one of us and to die for us, to show us that his love was more powerful than sin or death by rising again. And as Catholicism progressed, it progressed with love. St. Peter, loving the people of the church enough to die in Rome as a martyr, the first pope, much in the same way that Christ died on the cross. And in every generation, the church has progressed because of love. And the faith then will progress in your family and in our parish and around the world when we keep it simple and just try to bring the love of Christ to others and our interactions with others. And to do all that we do as Catholics with love and to avoid the harshness of the world. I was just reading a, a friend of mine's from Virginia and I was reading the a newspaper from where they are, it's near Richmond. They clocked a guy driving 132 miles an hour on Route 64. And they said they're having this plague of like ultra speeders on the roads in Virginia. And I thought to myself, I've noticed. People are so wound up. They're just, all these people changing lanes and speeding. I'll be going 70, I shouldn't say it, 75 miles an hour. And I'm getting tailgated all over the place. I think that's stress. I think it's a lack of peace, unless you're late for something. <laughs> but anyways, I'd like to illustrate this whole idea of getting back in touch with just that peace of the love of God by what happened on my vacation. I was away for two weeks, got back a week ago, and you know, the last week has been very good, very back in touch with the love of God. And it wasn't bad before that, but I, you know, I'd been, I hadn't gotten away since January because of the quarantine, I was alone a lot during quarantine. Priest friend of mine died of cancer in February, one of my two best friends, all these things. So it was good to get away. I was at the beach. We, we never ate at a restaurant. We're trying to be careful, just ate takeout. And uh, I was there for nine days and I went down to see my mom, 12 hour drive to Tennessee and back. But the whole time it was just easy going. I've been friends with that priest for 38 years. We really don't have to say much. We're just kind of old friends. My mom and her husband, very, very easy to be with. You just know they love you and care about you. And it just puts you in a relaxed state of mind. And it, I think that's why I get re-inspired in my faith and in my, in my uh, parish work when I've just been able to just not think about any worries, but just to know you're loved. So I think it's good to remember that our church all started with the love of God and that our church has sustained through tyrants and scoundrels and scandals because of love. And if we get away from that, we're gonna harm our faith. And I guess what I'm saying is, let's say you're reading books or watching videos and do they have a tone of criticism or anger or frustration? If you're immersing yourself in that, even if it's a Catholic source, 
If it's a lot about controversy, a lot about anger, a lot about frustration, just know your soul can only take uh, so much of that. And then you need to pull back. Nothing wrong with critiques or being people expressing frustration, but you gotta pull back sometimes and just pray the rosary or start reading the Bible or read from a simple saint like Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa always just keeps it simple because we want to make sure that we're just in touch with that love of God and not letting it become overrun with thinking too much. Or you know how the world's very harsh right now? Everybody's harsh on one another. People are unplugging each other on Facebook every day. You can only take so much of that. And then you, what do you got to do? You got to pull back. Go sit in that chapel. Remember how your mother loves you, even if they're deceased. Remember those people who've loved you and get back in touch with that so that we can be thankful and not driving 132 miles an hour because we're frustrated. Remember to give thanks. Remember that Jesus, the night before he died, he knew he was going to get arrested and die on the cross. He gathered, gathered with his disciples, and what did he do? He gave thanks as he broke the bread, gave thanks as he blessed the wine that became his body and blood. So if you're faced with troubles or concerns, if Jesus can give thanks, knowing he's going to hang on the cross the next day, let's work on just getting it more simple and practicing a simple faith and take a break from all the controversies of the day just to remember that God loves you and that you are called to love others too. Like I was talking, I'm almost done. I was talking with a parent the other day and they said they've been really out of sorts because everybody is arguing about COVID and whether to send your kids back to school. Like they felt like they were being critiqued. I'm not gonna say what side of it they were on, but there was all this frustration between they and other people they knew over the COVID. And so I didn't give, I didn't tell them what to think because I'm staying out of that. But I said to them, why don't you look up this prayer by Padre Pio? It's a saint who died in 1968. And Padre Pio had a saying he always said, pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful. Pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful. Well, so sometimes, I guess I'm just trying to say, we have to watch it, that our faith does not become overtaken by the arguments of the day. And that if we keep our faith, that even if we, we keep our faith, if we're always just focusing on problems in the church or problems, etc., we may not have a joyful faith that attracts others to the faith. So today to sum up, Jesus tells Peter he's gonna build his church on Peter's faith and Jesus says his church will never be overcome by anything, including hell. And well, if you want to be an inspired Catholic, let's remember that mixed in with the scoundrels and problems, we have such a wealth of faith and saints and beauty in our church. Let's discover it or rediscover it. And second, let's remember that we'll stay inspired and joyful in our faith when we base our faith on love. To pull back some from the debates so that sometimes it doesn't overwhelm us and rob us of that simple joy 
the kind of joy that comes from simply remembering the great love has for us and the love all the saints has for us, have for us and the joy that comes from successfully sharing that love with others in our family, among our friends, with those in need and in our parish.